Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods Podcast, episode 46, right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We are your Tiger Woods experts, Cam Rogers, coming at you alongside Bridget Whalen. Be sure to rate, review the show, let us know what you think about this very program, and follow us on social media. Hit me up on Twitter, at MrRogers99, and on the gram, at Mr. Rogers 98 Follow Bridget on both social media platforms at Bridget K. Whalen. We are back. I was off on vacation last week. It is good to be with you guys. All of the booze is out of my system. I am cleansed, and it's my birthday tomorrow night, so back to the alcohol we go. But I am completely <laughs> sober right here, right now, folks, so don't worry about that. What's on tap? Well... The Ryder Cup has been postponed to 2021. We have the details. The PGA Tour just announced it. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, Bryson DeChambeau in the winner's circle this past week. No stunner there, but there's a lot more to discuss around that win. We will get to it. No fans at the Memorial Tournament next week. Not too much of a surprise. We have the deets on that. And, of course, the Workday Charity Open is this week at Mirfield Village. That's right, back-to-back events at that site. Bridget and I reveal our predictions. And when I say I will reveal mine, most likely to miss the cut because that's been my theme so far this year. All right, Bridget, welcome to the show. I hope you had a happy fourth. I did. I mean, at least you're consistent. Consistency is key. Yeah. One, four, four in terms of players making the cut. So (laughs) 75% of my picks, I'm no math major, missed the cut so far. So great stuff. Great stuff. That's okay. I'm 50-50, so... (laughs) It's been a weird year so far, and I did not want to pick Bryson in in any of the tournaments, and that bit me in the butt last week, that's for sure. But before we get to all the Bryson stuff, Bridget, let's talk about a not-so-surprising news item. The Ryder Cup will be postponed to 2021. So the matches were originally scheduled for September 25th through the 27th at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. That is no longer the case. We have the President's Cup now being pushed to 2022. And then the Ryder Cup in Rome, Italy, will shift to 2023. And Bridget, we have kind of touched upon this a few times throughout this COVID era. How these players feel about no fans. Could there even be fans? And at the end of the day, I think the PGA of America made the right decision here. Hey. Let's just wait this out. I mean, you have the, I believe, New York Marathon being postponed for the first time ever, and that is in the fall as well. You have the preseason with the NFL shrinking as we stand to two games. So you're seeing all of these news items come about. It's not too surprising that the PGA of America made this decision. It's the right one, too. I'm sure you agree on that. Yeah, and I thought Sir Nick Faldo sort of released this news earlier. So I was not surprised at all. This Mm -hmm. event isn't this event without fans. 
Um, the four events that we've had thus far, to be honest, I really haven't noticed anything that different. And that's because regular PG Tour events, fans aren't like that integral of a piece of the pie. The Ryder Cup, the fans are the fabric that make that event that event. And Sans fans just makes no sense. So this was totally the right call. Um, and I mean, I honestly was not surprised one bit. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about how no fans on the PGA Tour right now is kind of a plus. Like, I'm enjoying it. I don't need the ba-ba buoys and the light the candles on a par five that's over 600 yards when somebody's driving. Like, I'm good with that for at least the short term. Eventually, I want them back because it's fun to hear the roars. Masters time. Hopefully, we can have some fans. That's in sure. November. But, you know, I, I'm good right now for the Rocket Mortgage Classic and the Workday Charity Open. I'm not, like, starving for fans. Yeah, I saw a couple more spectators than I think I'm used to this past weekend. And I was like, "What? why are there so many people on course? Right, where are you coming from? <laughs> yeah, why, why are you there? Did you get tested? <laughs> it's funny, I have, like, this weird adversity towards fans now um yeah i'm totally fine without fans sure masters different story that would be super weird if there were no patrons on mm -hmm. course so i hope by then we have it figured out same with the majors i mean i think it's going to be a little weird but it, the Ryder cup no way no how doesn't make sense we've talked about before the first tee at the Ryder cup has that adrenaline vibe because of the fandom like it just made no sense and right. we could wait it's you know Ryder Cup's getting back to the odd years maybe this is all how it was supposed to go you know you kind of just have to trust that things happen for a reason and just accept it move on we could wait the last time the Ryder Cup got postponed of course was the 9-11 era if you will the event there um, and so, yeah, now we're kind of back onto the regular schedule, if you will, in terms of the Ryder Cup. So we keep on keeping on with that. Not a surprising story. This isn't either. Bryson DeChambeau in the winner's circle here in the restart of the PGA Tour season, if you will, winning the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And, ah, uh, Bryson, so much to talk about. <laughs> with this guy and Man, that reaction i feel like uh, he, i'm cringing he really gets people's gears grinding i'm like moving in my chair right now like figuring out the words to say and i think part of it is that i just refuse to play him in fantasy and he continues to churn out top 10 finishes and it You're kills bitter. Me fantasy i'm bitter about that i was the same way with jordan spieth in 2015 never played the guy because you know i'm a contrarian by trade and he burned me so maybe that's part <laughs> of it but i mean let's put on our analyst hats if you will here bridget the guy has been dominating i think he is the best player in the world, de facto, if you will, in Absolutely. this J Tour restart. Yeah, you look at his resume, Rocket Mortgage Classic, win, Travelers, T6, Heritage, T8, Schwab, T3. You want to talk about consistency, that is it. So his stats are through the roof, second on tour in strokes gained off the tee, ninth in strokes gained around the green, 12th in strokes gained putting. Usually, you're pretty darn good in your long game, somewhat inconsistent in your short game. He's really solid across the board. And I really like this stat via Justin Ray, as we can throw in Tiger Woods' name to this. 
longest average measured driving distance in a win in PGA Tour history. 2020 Rocket Mortgage Classic, Bryson DeChambeau, just a shade over 350 yards. The next person, Tiger at the Open in 2005, 341. So let's just talk about what happened on the course first, Bridget. The guy is so dang on fire and just clicking off the tee, and that just sets up good approach shots. And if he misses the green here and there, that's okay because he's top 10 in strokes gained around the green. I mean, the guy just has a balanced game right now. Yeah, I like how people are saying, like, he won the rocket mortgage and he's a rocket scientist. (laughs) Um, I definitely think he has cracked the code for him. Whatever he is doing is working for Bryson. And now that doesn't mean that he found, like, some holy grail. I think that what he's doing is working for him. And he outdrove Troy Merritt by, like, some 400 yards. Like, that's insane if you think about it. He broke shot length because he was hitting so close to the greens on par fours. He's just doing, like, world-long drive stuff on the PGA Tour. And – I don't like how Rich Lerner called it the freak show. I don't like putting like that type of spin on it. I think that he has figured out an equation. He's very, we all know he's very scientific. I'm using air quotes, quote unquote, scientific. This is, this is working for Bryson and it was bound to result in a win. Like you said, he had, he capped off three top tens with a win. Like, of course he did. It was going to happen. Now, moving forward, is this equation sustainable? I have no idea. He looks like he's going to break in half every time he swings. I got to be honest. It, it, like, makes me nervous. He gets, like, riled up before a drive. And it's, like, it's a little weird. Um, I love golf because I – okay, so here's this – here's a weird little nugget about me. I don't like, I don't know many people who do, but I really have an aversion to seeing people get injured. And I have had some standout moments in my spectating career, per se, where I have seen in person people break things graphically. Mm. And it's just not for me. Golf is a sport where that's not really on the table. Like, people aren't out there, like, with bones popping out of their legs. Like, it tends not to happen. Bryson gives me anxiety. Like, I literally get nervous that his arm is going to fly off his body. I don't like watching him drive the ball. I'm going to be honest. It's weird. I mean, he's not on balance. I'll tell you that much. No, it's like, it's freaking me out a little bit. Like, I almost got to a point where I was like, I can't see him hit another freaking drive. I just can't do it. It's, like, weird to me. I also don't like Matt Wolf's swing, probably because it's weird to me. I don't know. I just have this thing. Um, The other thing for me is, so now Bryson is so long off the tee, right? So, like, he takes out of play, like, a portion of his bag. He really only needs to practice, you know, wedges, putting, if he gets his driving down. He's kind of, like, taking part of the golf game off the table, which I think is a little weird because – he wasn't hitting his irons and he, he wasn't hitting those well and he still won by three. Yep. So I don't know. It's, it was bound to happen. He's like these 
he's making these cookie cutter PGA tour courses look almost like a joke. And I, I think he referenced something like that. Like he was kind of mocking Donald Ross, which I thought was interesting. Um, but does this carry over like say on links courses overseas? I don't know. You know, like we, we haven't been privy to that info yet, obviously, because there's no travel over there like at this point in time. And this is a recent thing that he's done. He's overhauled his body. Like, so immediately, I was looking at photos of him from Shriners um, last year. So that was October, September, October. He looks like a different human. Mm -hmm. Like 40 pounds in that amount of time is just insane. I, I don't know. He's baffled me. Um, I'm just like, I, I'm a little, I, I don't know how to encapsulate it almost. Like, I'm, I don't know how sustainable it is. And I think nobody does yet. He's kind of getting this mantra of the villain of the PGA Tour. So you better believe Patrick Reed is the most pissed off about Bryson DeChambeau's success right now because all P. Reed is getting uh, the boot on the uh, villainous tag. So let's talk about this whole bunker meltdown, if you will, Bridget, that happened where, from what I understand, Bryson was being filmed far too long for his liking. He kind of had some words exchanged with the camera person and wasn't too thrilled about being filmed for so long, even though the camera person was literally doing what he's paid to do. What do you make of this, Bridget? I saw a little bit of it, but of course I was kind of out of the uh, telecast realm at the time. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? Because look, I mean, these guys are stars and they should be used to getting filmed a lot. Yeah, so he had a little temper tantrum. Um, on Saturday, and he berated one of the TV cameramen for sort of lingering on him longer than Bryson felt necessary, right? So that just shows, and this again is not a shock. We've seen this before from Bryson. He's a little like media, he doesn't understand. He's not very savvy in like the media's purpose, which is a little wild. Um, like, buddy, you're taking home $1.3 million. <laughs> you want to know why? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, <laughs> I know I like the media topic. consultant. <laughs> um, but like it, it was a little, he, he's a little like not, he has no self-awareness, like saying that your brand is going to be tarnished. You are in control of that. If you don't want your brand to be tarnished, don't have a temper tantrum. You have to know, especially when you're a guy who's in contention and you've brought so much, you know, eyes and media to you over the, since the return, basically, since the um, COVID hiatus, you have to realize that someone is going to be on you at all times when you step on that course, maybe not all day, every day, but like a big portion of the day. And those mini meltdowns that like occasionally happen, I'm not saying he melts down all the time, but when it does happen, you better believe, yeah, we want to see it. We want that authenticity. We don't want some like perfect bubble boy, like just going out there and making golf look like it's the easiest game on earth. No, I, I often take a little bit of trouble in how we see so many good shots and we don't see a lot of blowups on the telecast. I want to see how hard golf is. That's what makes it more amazing when these guys go out and shoot 20 under par. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, it was a little lack of self-awareness and it was a little bit of like, 
he's trying to make a point that someone else could tarnish how he's viewed. And like, I know he's only 26 years old. He still has a lot to, of learning to do, but I thought he was a little more mature than that. You have to realize that you are in control of that. You sort of could skew your narrative whichever way you want. And I feel like he should understand that at this point. It was a little unfortunate to hear like that yet again, he doesn't sort of get the like sort of semblance of the whole production, but I don't know. It is what it is. I just, I was a little taken aback how even after securing the victory, he was still harping on it. He went on to Twitch, I think it's called. I really. Yeah. yeah. Streaming site. Yeah. And he was just like very, very inundated in the fact that this cameraman like would not get off him and it, it had nothing to do with the cameraman it had nothing to do with Bryson personally the cameraman was doing his job and you were having a little meltdown and like I I don't know <laughs> it's it, it was a little he I think that in the future he's gonna be asked about this this isn't going away so he's either going to have to say like and it would have been so easy. He could have just said this. He could have said like, yeah, my bad. Like shouldn't have reacted the way I reacted, whatever, squash it. But when you start talking more and more and more about it, people start talking more and more about it. Like you are in control. So I hope that he realizes that because this isn't going to be dropped, especially, I mean, we have a week off from Bryson this week. He's not in the field, right. but you have to assume when he comes back, he, he's gonna, he, Three top tens in a win. I mean, he's going to be in the mix. So we'll see. He better be careful, too, to not get that hothead, angry label because maybe mistakenly, John Rom has it. Right. And yeah, Rom gets angry, but is he really like a super temper guy? Like, I really don't think so, but he still has that label and people always talk about it and it's kind of annoying. And so. Bryson has to be careful because maybe one more incident and he could get that label. So we shall see about it. But you have some people coming out after Bryson DeChambeau and Kevin Kisner included saying that basically, Bridget, from what I understand, that Bryson needs to do other things. He needs other hobbies. He needs he children. He needs children, <laughs> apparently, at 26 years old. Kids, I'm turning 26 tomorrow. Do I need kids? Come on, guy. So, I mean, I guess there's an element of jealousy coming about where Bryson is getting a lot of the headlines. He's playing well. He has totally revamped his body. But what a weird comment from Kisner, right? I mean, for the most part, I'm indifferent about him, but kind of an interesting tagline to say about a guy it was interesting because um the overwhelming consensus was that kids was being diplomatic and I was like a hundred percent not the case that was a diss kids just knows how to word things to like really eh, 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 the knife like right. he was totally dissing him he was like dude you gotta not be so focused on golf like life is more than just the game which all right, that's fine if you want to say that, but say that to Tiger because if you're going to say that to Bryson, you got to say it to Tiger. Tiger devote Tiger literally did the same thing Bryson is doing. Tiger was in the gym and then all the other guys went into the gym. Rory McIlroy is a byproduct of Tiger. Like literally, he is 
there is no Rory without Tiger. And that's a hill I'll die on. That is unequivocally my opinion and my truth. And I think that to say that Bryson is putting like a, I don't know, an overwhelming amount of time in, into the sport, good for him. Because you know what? He just secured three top tens and a win in uh, the month that he came back. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think that that was a little, that was a low blow for me. And it, it sort of just got like tossed by the wayside as like, he was being like funny or diplomatic, you know, not a vanilla answer. It's like, eh, I, I don't know. I disagree with that. I think if Bryson wants to devote this much time into his craft, if he wants to put on 140 pounds because he thinks it's going to help him and, and that's going to, due to his advantage and, and he wants to be the best at the game and, and that's his goal. Now, maybe Kisner's goal isn't to be number one in the world. I don't know his goals, to be honest. <laughs> I think Bryson's goal is to be number one in the world. Sure. Absolutely. I think right now, since the coronavirus hiatus, what, what are we calling that? Time off? I don't even know what to call it. Since then, pause. Bryson, yeah, since the, since the PGA Tour pause, Bryson is the best player on tour right now. So I don't know. And I love kids. This is nothing against kids. I'm obsessed with kids. He's like top five player in my mind. Yeah. I mean, like find me a quote from 2000 to 2008 where a PGA tour player was like, Whoa, tiger, take it easy guy. Go like do something else. Stop being so good. I doubt there was one out there. (laughs) You know, absolutely not. There was absolutely not. He was, Superman, you know why he was Superman? He worked the hardest. His father said it from his father's lips said, there will be no one like Tiger because no one is mentally and physically as strong. And you know how he became mentally and physically that strong? A lot of hard work. And for you to argue anything else is irresponsible. It, It, you know, it's naive. Tiger was so devoted to golf for such a large portion of his life that I, there will be no other tiger because of that reason. Right. Yep. So, I mean, will more players come out against Bryson? I don't know. I mean, I pointed to a Ricky Fowler quote not too long ago where he was like, yeah, I don't know how sustainable that is. Sure. And I think that's a fair comment given that we also just said the same thing earlier. But uh, obviously things are ramping up a bit if you have Kevin Kisner saying something like that. So I don't know. Do you want to talk about Brooks's tweet as well, perhaps <laughs> indicating that maybe Bryson is like juicing up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I love, I really have become a big fan of Brooks Kepka. Like it came out of the blue. I'm so into the guy. I think he's great. I think he's so much smarter than people give him credit for. I really do think he's like a, a slight genius in some, maybe not on like the Mensa scale, but like in some sense of the word, he is a smart dude. I, I don't know what to take of that tweet, to be honest. I, I don't know what he was doing. I think he was just trolling. I think he was being funny. He had the, you know, He wasn't there that week. He had the week off. But I do think it's interesting that the narrative has so much flipped the switch to focus on Bryson. Like I said to you before recording, Dustin Johnson won the Travelers. Dustin Johnson won, like, this is 21st win on the PGA Tour. That's huge. How many players have won 21 times? Not that many. So for us to be so focused on Bryson is just, it's wild. Like, it's so crazy how he 
really did get all eyes on him. Like he was successful. He, and now he's won. People kept saying like, yeah, he's put on all this weight and yeah, he's playing well, but until he wins, you know, I'm not going to say that this sort of method of modus operandi of what he's doing is good. Well, he won guys. So, so what can you say now? <laughs> what are you going to say? Yeah. Like the, the guy was trending. He literally was the definition of trending. And then he won like that. You couldn't have written a better storybook than what Bryson has done. So he's off this week at the Workday Charity Open, but we shall see him very, very soon. Let's talk about the memorial, which is next week, Bridget. They announced that fans won't be at the tournament. And again, kind of like the Ryder Cup, not too surprising. The plan was around 8,000 fans in specific regions of Muirfield Village with people actually enforcing social distancing. So you had social distancing monitors, if you will. I'm not too surprised. I mean, I think it would have been a logistical nightmare. I think the tour officials at the memorial were like, hey, let's not deal with this headache for what? 20% capacity. Let's just not do it. Let's kick the can down the road and see what happens. So I think also the rise in cases in Arizona and Texas and Florida kind of spooked the officials at the memorial and rightfully so. So at the end of the day, I think it is the correct decision. Yeah. I mean, what have I said since <laughs> this whole thing commenced? You've been I, I consistent. Yeah. I don't want fans this year. I don't want fans till there's a vaccine. If you think that that's an aggressive standpoint, I don't know what to tell you. That's my opinion. I really don't see a need for it. Yeah, you brought up Augusta, which honestly, I really didn't picture patronless until you said it earlier in this pod. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> so I don't know. That's in November. Probably not going to have a vaccine by then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, these these regular P PGA Tour events, we're fine. We're, we don't, it's okay. We don't need fans. I know they're losing a lot of money. I don't really understand how the purses are staying the same. I'm, I guess I'm a little, I'm, I don't know how that all works, but whatever, I, I guess it's working. I don't know. I know I'm that no Daryl Rovell, so I'm not even going to try to. I know. I, I, I really don't understand the logistics of that and how that, um, yeah, honestly, I really, I don't know what to say about that, but title sponsors would be a big one, but yeah, go ahead. Right, right, right. So again, I get it from the city hosting the event standpoint. Yeah, I'm, it's tragic. It's awful. I, I'm definitely not trying to downplay that. All I'm saying is this is an odd situation, unprecedented. It really isn't that different without fans. And maybe that's because I'm used to, you know, working in media where I had to cut highlights of players who like had zero galleries and, you know, I would have to comb through a lot of footage where there weren't a lot of fans. So maybe I have like some, some weird like priviness to like not being affected by the no fans thing. But I feel like it's an overwhelming consensus that like people aren't like that, you know, heartbroken about these fanless tournaments. And to me, it's just the safety of the players is really like top, top on my list. And like I said, this past week at Rocket Mortgage, I felt like there were more people on course and it made me uncomfortable mm -hmm. that, and like, again, I don't know what the players feel like. I'm not a player, 
but if I was like a significant other or a family member of one of these players, I'd be like, why are all those people on course? Like, I don't want my husband or my brother or whoever to be exposed to something he doesn't necessarily have to be exposed to, you know? So for me, just let's just keep it fanless. It, it's just like safer for everyone. It's way less maintenance. Like imagine how many people they're going to have to, you know, they'll have to check their temperatures. I don't even know. They were talking about the putting chips on people to like make sure that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like. <laughs> That just seems like really cumbersome in my opinion. And again, I am not a tournament director. I am not weighing the pros and cons. And like, I totally am coming from a one-sided, I'm sitting on my couch at home opinion. I get that. I acknowledge that. I'm just saying this is going to be such a short blip of time in the history of the PGA Tour. And if we have to go fanless for a few more events or the rest of the year, I honestly think that it'll just be a short amount of time we will look back upon and be like, oh yeah, that happened. Like, I don't think it's going to make a huge footprint in the, you know, in the game of golf. And maybe I'm naive. I really don't know. So like, again, this for face value, like I I said it myself, I am sitting at home on my couch. Like that's, that is where I'm coming from. There's also the PR element to this. And that is... Okay, you have 8,000 fans at this tournament. By the way, the first major sport to have fans during this pandemic. Then you have all of the Fauci's and the Burks of the world saying, look, that ain't a great idea. So that's not going to look good on the memorial and Jack Nicholas and this whole event because you have all these medical officials saying, look, it's too soon. We have to worry about schools you know, step number one before we talk about having fans at a sports event. And so I think there's that element too. It's like, you don't want to be a part of the negative headlines. So I understand that as well, but hopefully there's a- PG Tour has done such a great job. Like I feel like people aren't acknowledging that on a more consistent basis. What they have done and what they're doing is incredible. This is insane. No positive tests this week, by the way, from what I understand. Insane, and that we found out that a, that a few of those positives that came out in recent weeks might have been false. Yep. So that's just wild. Like what they're doing is amazing. So I think that we have to just like let's just piecemeal this together. Like like let's take it step by step. Let's not rush into things. A lot of people thought that getting the tour up and running a month ago was rushing into it. And then people started to test positive and you had more naysayers coming out and saying, you got to shut the tour down. And so why not just like, let's continue to ease, but they definitely are pushing the envelope and they have to continue to push it a little bit because like anything else, you're not going to grow unless you sort of you know, reverberate the status quo. So I get wanting to introduce fans as soon as possible, but like, let's just slow the roll and let's just like, you know, play, play it out. We're happy as is. I feel like Bill O'Reilly. Let's, we're going to, we're going to play it out. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to do it live. Do it live. Do it live. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, Hey, let's talk about the workday charity open. It is at Muirfield Village, par 72, a shade over 7,400 yards on bent grass greens, a full field, 156 golfers, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, your guy, Bridget, John Rahm, Brooks is in the field as well. Like, who's my guy? I have so many guys at this point. I know, that's true. You have a list. Kiz, Cantlay, Brooks, Phil. 
Morgan, Thomas. <laughs> you got a big list. Obviously, Tiger. Tiger number one in our hearts, of course. He's not playing. team of guys. Yeah, exactly. By the way, we will find out Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern time, the situation with Tiger about the memorial. Are you predicting he commits and plays? So what have I been saying this whole time? When is he coming back? What have I said? Next week. Next week. I had no interest in even sort of and even when Riggs came out with his maritime tracking of privacy I was like mm, I don't feel it you scoffed at it yeah no I was like I just I don't like why why would why so for me it was always I mean I can't say Ohio now because workday is also in Ohio it was always memorial for me I still feel pretty positive about it I don't know I really want to see him back I miss him I think he'll be back next week. He's been gone long enough. I think I think he'll be good to go and uh, and play at Jack's tournament. But we shall see. So let's talk about this week. No positives this week is kind. He might like bring him a little solace. I don't know if he's yeah concerned about coronavirus. I have no idea, but who knows. So this week, I think it's a pretty good field last week it was not so great to be honest but that's okay that'll happen sometimes so let's talk about the field here it's a good one it's a good one you got Xander as well Patrick Reed who missed the cut last week thanks man and uh my guy Victor Hovland so I'm just gonna go right off the bat and say I am picking Victor Hovland to win this week solely based on his ability to hit the greens and if he can just knock in a few putts that would be spectacular. Led the field last week in strokes gained T to green. Here are his ranks T to green the last 50 rounds, 24, 12, 8, and 4. 50, he is fourth in the field. Last 24, he is sixth in the field. Last 12, 8, and 4, all number one in the field. Make some putts, Victor. You know what? Forget it. Make the cut, please. Just make the cut. Cash a paycheck so I can catch up to Bridget here in our tally, which is, by the way, at 129575 For me, Bridget, 326358 I may go back and check that because Bridget admitted she's not a big math gal, but that's okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Calm down. <laughs> JK, I'm not going to check. I really don't care. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Victor. I like his game. Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot of driving recently. Uh, yeah. Far, so not not sure how that's going to bode for the dude. It's been a, this has been a long time of driving from tournament to tournament. But you go with Victor. Young gun, get it. You go, know. Glenn Coco. <laughs> that's right. I, again, anyone want to know my method of picking? Because it's, uh, it's an elusive one. I might start to learn it, honestly. Well, I picked Cheston Hadley last week. He missed the cut basically by one. He was on the number for like a short amount of time. And then I trolled Cam because I was like, I'm going to make the cut. I didn't. Um, uh, by I, I mean Cheston. I'm not out there playing. I love how I just adopted that. Um, so I am feeling a guy this week solely because his name popped into my mind on Monday. And that's Sandra Shoffley. So I did some research and um, yeah, not, not, you know, not so much course experience, but we're going to go with him. He missed the cut in 2018, T14 last year. Um, I mean, up until last year, he was a pretty inaccurate driver. 
but he's changed it up, hits a ton more fairways, so could help him here. I don't know. He, I don't know. We're going with Xander. This is like just a feel vibe. All my guys are feel vibes, and literally that's the logistical uh, face value of my picks. It's, it's what I'm feeling. Not too many stats, not too scientific. It's almost like you pick players like you putt. You putt on feel. You're going with the feel. I was going to say it's kind of like how I pick horses for the Kentucky Derby. There you go. Yeah, it's like what number pops into my head. Nothing to do with their names. I'm like, I'm going to take number eight. And people are like, okay, what's the horse's name? I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) But number eight in the lineup, that's my guy. By the way, air quotes, Patrick Cantlay sort of kind of defending his title this week. Of course, he won the Memorial last year. That is the tournament next week, but still same course. So, you know, keep him in mind as well for this week. So that's going to do it. Monster episode about Bryson DeChambeau here on the Tiger Woods podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully we have plenty of Tiger to discuss next week. Hopefully you guys, by the way, are watching At Home with Tiger Woods. Bridget has been fantastic content so far. I haven't been watching, i got to be honest. I've been tapping in a little bit. I do have one wacky thing, though, to mention. Sure. So, Augusta became tiger-proof, and now we mentioned Bryson is the odds favorite for all the majors this year. So, I was just thinking, imagine what he's going to serve if he does oh. in the Masters this year, what will be the champion's dinner? Go. What do you think? Do you know his diet? Do you know the answer? Or I mean, he says he eats steak and potatoes for dinner and True. he drinks milkshakes. I, he says he's snacking a lot, which I have no idea what that means. I don't know what he's snacking on. Don't, aren't we all snacking a lot? Like, is that? Especially now. I know. I'm like, is that nouveau? I'm like, Acai okay. bowl. That's my prediction. <laughs> Man, I, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't be steak and potato and milkshakes, but I feel like he kind of has to just, you know, have a big old, like, whatever, porterhouse steaks, a baked potato, and a milkshake. You yeah, see, we got to pick food that meshes well with Augusta National, guys. We can't be having milkshakes, all right? This isn't, you know, the diner. I mean, it could be a protein shake. I was trying to, like, spice it up and say milkshake. That's fair. Even protein shakes. Let's get some uh, caviar up in here, you know? That's just my thought. But anyway. I'm just super into what, you know, I'll call them champions eat. So, I don't know. Well, he'll be a factor, no doubt about it. Hopefully, uh, we have some fans for Augusta, but uh, we shall see. So that has been, ladies and gentlemen, episode 46 of the Tiger Woods podcast. For Bridget Whalen, my name is Cam Rogers, and we will chat with you next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.